love being able to talk after you've said it because I don't feel the same pressure to have to repeat the whole lesson to you and go into the study of words and things like that. I get to just give you an application, <laughs> which is really what I love to do. Because, you know, you have to be careful that when you go to the word, it's not just a matter of getting more knowledge. That's not major. Every time you spend time in the word, you need to stop and say to the Lord, so what? What are you saying to me? How does this, how do I live this out today? So today, the Lord gave me such an encouragement as to where to go with this. And I'm going to start, of course, with Jacob. He's on the run from his brother. He's feeling very alone, very separated, unsure, anxious about his future, probably feeling regret and some shame, but real sadness and grief. This is a man that is leaving his family and everything he has ever known. I'm going to another country. I'm going to really, he doesn't know what. Jacob was in that foggy, fluid place that on Sunday, if you remember, transitioned. And you know, the meaning of the word is just like what it sounds like. It's that period or process of changing from one condition to another. It's change. Life is a journey filled with beginnings and endings. Remember the bird song? Turn, turn, turn. <laughs> Taking you back to Ecclesiastes, right? Where there's a season for everything. And seasons change. Locations change. Roles change. Jobs change. And relationships change. And change is hard for most of us. Harder for some. But it's even, it's that in-between time, between the changes, that's really hard. In our work in ministry with missionaries, that word transition is a really big word that actually brings about a lot of stress. From the moment an overseas missionary is called to go, they are thrust into one transition after another. And sometimes, so quickly, they don't have time to process the last transition. <laughs> and so that what happens is that, and each member of the family, and I was even just talking to Holly about the transition she's made and how even her little guy is not moving quite as And so there's got to be that sensitivity to each other. But you don't have to be an overseas missionary <laughs> to face transition and the stress that's inherent with it. The actual time of transition, it can last a couple of days can go months. It can go years. As a matter of fact, you know, how long was Jacob's transition? 14 years. And he wasn't, but he really didn't feel at home, right? He wasn't home. 14 years. And you might actually move physically to something, but emotionally and psychologically, it may take years to transition. In our text today, Jacob was thrust into transition by his parents' choice. Uh, kind of his too, a little bit of self-exile there. But his dad wanted him to get a wife from his own people. And his mom knew, as well as Jacob, that he needed to distance himself from his brother after their deceitful way of handling things. But looking at our text today, who and what brought Jacob comfort 
in this very same text. And I know you talked about it today. But if you look at the text, I'm just going to read it to you again. Meanwhile, Jacob left Beersheba and traveled toward Haran. At sundown, he arrived at a good place to set down the camp and stop there for the night. He dreamed of a stairway or ladder that reached from the earth up to heaven, and he saw the angels of God going up and down the stairway. And at the top of the stairway, and some translations say even beside the stairway, stood the Lord. And he said, I am the Lord, the God of your grandfather Abraham and the God of your father Isaac. The ground you're lying on belongs to you. I'm giving it to you and your descendants. Your descendants will be as numerous as the dust of the earth. They'll spread out in all directions, to the west and to the east and to the north and the south. And all the families of the earth will be blessed through you and your descendants. What's more, I am with you. And I will protect you wherever you go. One day I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have finished giving you everything I have promised you. You see it? It's the Lord's promise and his presence that brought hope to Jacob, that caused him to worship and carried him through his journey. The Lord affirmed the blessing and promise of Abraham to him personally. His dad had told him, but now it's God himself telling him this, essentially affirming his identity and promised his presence with Jacob now and tomorrow. Not knowing what was ahead, he went forward knowing who he was and who was with him in all of our transitions today. We know from John 1.51 that Jesus identified himself as that ladder and stairway. Remember that passage where he says, I tell you the truth, you will see heaven open and the angels of God going up and down on the Son of Man, the one who is the stairway from heaven and earth. Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. God with us not only on our stairway and ladder and gate to heaven, to our permanent home, also, Jesus, who is with us right now, and in that transition that you're in right now, he is there. He's with you. What are you in right now? What kind of transition are you in right now? How long have you been there? <laughs> in-between place, that in-between place of uncertainty. You're not really sure how it's going to all end. Is Christ enough? Is his presence enough for you? Not to have all the answers, not to know where it's going to end up, but to see enough of his presence and the promise, the promise that he has given us throughout the scriptures. Just a few we talked about, John 1, or uh, Philippians 1, 6, right? The work he started in you, he will finish. He will finish it and keep you or forsake you forever. Or that nothing can separate you from his love. Even that huge transition of death, can the, even that separate you from his love? No. Or that he will be with us till the end of the age. These are promises of the Emmanuel, God with us, that he's given to us, his word and his presence to say, I'm with you no matter what you're facing. How long is your transition? Could it be 70 years? You know, we, we quote Jeremiah 29, 11 to people who are on the cusp of a new adventure. 
or on the cusp of a transition, and maybe even in, in a dark time of transition. Remember the, the verses, verses 11 through 13. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good, not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. And in those days when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. But you have to remember the context of that verse. This was written by Jeremiah to the children of Israel who were on the cusp of exile. <laughs> they were just going into exile. They had said, a hope, I will bring you out. But it will be 70 years. And we know that just by virtue of 70 years, some of those people in there held on to a promise, but they never saw it, right? They might have gone in old. But the promise, and he said, and I'll be with you. You know, earlier in that chapter, he actually said to them, you're going in, I want you to settle in. I want you to build houses, and I want you to be a blessing to your neighbors. If you look back in that chapter in verses, uh, I think it's five to seven, he said, essentially, I want you to be present <laughs> in your transition. I want you to bloom where you're planted. little pot. <laughs> Let's leave it like that. Bloom where you're planted. The fact is, ladies, ladybug, we are all potted plants <laughs> because our permanent soil isn't on this earth, right? We are not at home yet. So whatever transition you're in, it's just a transition within a transition because we're all pilgrims through. We're ambassadors of another kingdom. We are, so sometimes when we get all bent out of shape about things that are happening in politics or whatever here, we have to remind ourselves we are potted plants here. He said, be present in your transition. Settle in. Be a blessing where you are. But just know, this isn't forever. This is not your home. Remember what Jesus said in John 14, 1 to 3? He says, I'm going to prepare a place, a home for you, so that you'll be with me. Where I am, there you'll be with me. I think, let me just make sure I have time, because I can't. I want to share with you a personal story of transition. We are, my husband and I are from the Northwest, up in Washington, and I'm actually from Canada. But we moved down here, and we pretty well raised our kids here. Um, John pastored a church for 20 years, and our kids grew up here. And this was home. But at the end of that time, um, about 2006, 2007, we realized we needed to go back up north to be with our parents. They were dying. And we knew it was time to leave the church. Good, good feelings, good goodbyes, but it was time. And our kids were doing okay, so off we went, not really knowing <laughs> what we were doing, except that the Lord had said go, and that we knew our parents moved three different homes, and between the two of us, about 12 different jobs. And we just were, we moved away from, you know, working as all John had known for our entire marriage was working in the pastorate. No longer in the North American pastorate, but we joined the mission, and we started pastoring missionaries. So change, 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 change. 
I felt like we had been repotted that many times. And then, but the, you know when the, the, the hardest transition was for us? It was coming back here. And I didn't expect it. After seven years, our kids started having babies. <laughs> and we realized, oh, we can fly out of any airport, really. So we can come back here. We'd rented our house so we could come back to our house. And it's the weirdest thing. Because it's like twilight zone. Everything was the same. Our house was the same. Our neighborhood was the same. Everything was the same. But it wasn't the same. We were kind of like round pegs coming back into a square hole. And we just didn't fit. And we didn't know how to fit back in. And we were in a different role. And so friends saw us in a different, they kind of saw us still as their pastor, but not really. We weren't that anymore. And so how do we fit back in? It was confusing. And I have to say, that was a couple of years before we started kind of finding it, when I was feeling very, very out of sorts. And looking over and seeing a lemon tree, that was such flourishing. And I laughed because I remember that I had brought that lemon tree to children's church, like this. It was a potted plant. Yeah, Holly, you might even remember because I think you were around at the time. But we were, um, I was teaching the kids on the fruit of the Spirit and teaching them that they didn't have to try to be all of those things, but that if the Holy Spirit was inside of them, that the fruit will come out naturally if you let that fruit, that plant grow. So that was kind of the context, and we had it there the whole time we were talking, and then it came time, and we, and we were going to be leaving. So I brought the plant home, and, you know, you get busy packing and that, and I just put it out in the yard, in the pot. <laughs> well, what had happened is that plant started to grow, and it broke through the pot, and the roots went down into the ground, and it's flourishing, and the Lord just really spoke to me. It was almost like he took my face, had me look at the tree, and he said, so you're in a different pot. It doesn't matter as long as your roots are in me. As long as you let your roots go into me, it doesn't matter about the what shape it's in, whether you understand it, whether you get repotted again, it's the root time. I just remember at the time just thinking, ah, you know, as long as we're on this earth, we're in transition. I don't want to minimize your pain in the roller coaster of transition, though. I mean, let's face it, whenever you repot a plant, it's traumatized. <laughs> you need to look after it a little bit more and give it a little bit extra. But the Lord does that. He knows. He knows how hard it is to be in transition. But you know what? In it all, he's very present at every step. So cling to him and to his word. He will be your anchor in the storm, your light in the darkness. His presence is enough. Christ is enough. You know why I want to change to put that Christ is enough. I remember listening to that on Sunday going, yes, he is enough. And there was another song he did, too, about when, how he's always at working, even when you don't see it or you don't feel it. Yes, this is true. These are true things that you hang on to and you repeat and reinforce and keep saying out loud to each other and to yourself. Because, you know, when you get in those places of transition, sometimes it's overwhelming, where you're not really sure. I talked to my kids. I talked to my sister yesterday, who was feeling very overwhelmed and teary-eyed. They are moving after 40 years from their home, and they're going to move to something smaller. 
I was sharing, I thought, oh, well, I'll just share some of my talk with her. <laughs> so as I was talking to her, she was saying, oh, so I should look for the ladder. <laughs> I said, hey, you just gave me the title to my talk. Look for the ladder. Look for, the, look for Jesus. He's the ladder. So in the midst of all of this craziness of transition, look for the ladder. Look for Jesus. He's there. He'll open your eyes for, for you to see him in the most creative ways. And you'll laugh. You'll go, here you are. I see you. Thank you. That's my encouragement to you guys today. And I pray that as you, if you're not in transition right at the moment, you know you will be. Because it's just life. That's the way it is. Change always happens. But I do pray in the midst of it, you cling to him. You look for him. You worship him. And he'll take you through it.